You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I am your host of Locked On Bills. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Merry Christmas! It's draft day. Happy Thursday to you. We're going to find out today what Brandon Bean is going to do with pick 30 in the 2021 NFL Draft. And on today's podcast, I want to break down my final mock draft, my final first-round mock draft. We'll talk through the picks. I'll give you my thought process. We'll focus heavily on the AFC East, and we'll focus most heavily on the Buffalo Bills and why I picked the player I did for them, other players I considered, and uh, just just whatever thoughts I have to close out our pre-draft discussion. The next time we're going to talk, it will be reacting to what Brandon Bean has done with this draft pick. So that's what we're doing today on the podcast. As a reminder, you can follow along with our live draft show, thedraftnetwork.com. We have, oh my gosh, something incredible planned for you on Thursday night. It will be coverage like you've never seen before. We're going to peel back the curtain. We're going to take you inside TDN Draft Headquarters, and it is going to be really fun. This isn't going to be four talking heads at a desk reacting to picks. We have multiple sets. We have a variety of skill sets in terms of the type of analysis we're going to provide. It's going to be very different. That's what I'll say. And I love that about our plans. Basically, um, I don't I don't really know how to describe it. You're just going to have to tune in. The way you can do that is by going to brinks.tv. Go to your web browser, type in brinks.tv, and you can see this. And I'll be reacting to picks, and obviously the bill's Pick will be a big one for us, and I'll be breaking that down as well as uh, all my other TDN colleagues and some special guests that we have prepared. So don't miss it. Make sure you check us out at brinks.tv or just make sure you're following the Draft Network on Twitter and you will you will not miss what we have going on. All right, so let's do this. Let's work through my mock draft because I think this paints the overall picture. It allows us to get to pick 30 and talk about what's going on in the division and you know, just kind of get a pulse on the NFL uh, as I see it entering this draft. So this is my best prediction, and I'll tell you why I, I think these things. At number one, the Jacksonville Jaguars, I have them picking Trevor Lawrence, quarterback from Clemson. There are surprises in the NFL draft. This will not be one of them. The big challenge ahead for Trevor Lawrence and the Jacksonville Jaguars is meeting expectations. Lawrence has been lauded as one of the best quarterback prospects of our time. And he's going to a franchise that does not have a good history of developing quarterbacks. And they have a head coach in Urban Meyer who's never coached in the NFL. He has no idea what it's like to be around and coach a franchise quarterback in the NFL. So we'll see on this one, but it's the right pick. And uh, I think it's definitely the pick that we're going to hear first off the board on Thursday night. And number two overall, the New York Jets, a Bills rival in the AFC East. I have them going with Zach Wilson, quarterback from BYU. This is very much the expected pick at number two, and it's a, a good move for the New York Jets as they 
reset the quarterback position after failing to develop Sam Darnold and build around him. General manager Joe Douglas gets his opportunity to bring in the quarterback of his choosing, and obviously Wilson is a very dynamic player. He's somebody that can win off script. He's got really exciting arm talent, pretty good athleticism. He's going to be tough to defend. You know, if he reaches his ceiling, he'll be a tough player for the Bills to deal with for a long time. Now, I think there's a big transition ahead for Wilson heading over from BYU, where in 2018 and 2019 he wasn't very good. He didn't enter 2020 as the proven starter. There are some concerns about you know what type of leader he's going to be and how he's going to command an NFL locker room. So we'll see on, on Zach Wilson. I think it's a worthwhile swing. I don't think he's a slam dunk, but with the way the NFL is moving towards these dual-threat, off-script quarterbacks, the Jets have a guy that can give them a really dynamic option to be the face of their franchise. At number three, this is where many people think the draft starts, the San Francisco 49ers who moved up from number 12 and gave up multiple future first-round picks to get to number three. I have them picking Trey Lance, quarterback from North Dakota State. Some people think this is Mac Jones from Alabama. I'm not so sure. I don't have great confidence that it's Lance, but I think Kyle Shanahan's going to want that dual-threat ability, somebody that can be a true threat in the zone read game and a guy that can launch the football down the field and win outside of structure. Many people think that Trey Lance might be the smartest quarterback in the draft, and I think that's going to mesh well with Kyle Shanahan. So I am going with uh, the 49ers choosing a dynamic passer that just has more traits than the very cerebral uh, Mac Jones. And number four, the Atlanta Falcons, Kyle Pitts, tight end from Florida. I think they should consider Justin Fields. I don't think they will. I think they're going to try to gear up and see what they can accomplish under Matt Ryan. And um, a weapon like this is just – this is hard for anyone to pass up, right? I mean, if you definitely don't have an answer at quarterback, then you can easily not pick Kyle Pitts. But if you have your quarterback, and I think Atlanta thinks they do at least for the next couple seasons, getting a guy like Kyle Pitts is uh, really exciting. And number five, the Cincinnati Bengals. I have them going with offensive tackle Penny Sewell from Oregon. Some people think it's going to be Jamar Chase. I think it's going to be Sewell. This team learned a valuable lesson last year by not making sure Joe Burrow had a sufficient offensive line. And with the addition of Penny Sewell, it allows Jonah Williams to potentially kick inside the guard. They improve their offensive line in multiple spots. Riley Reef is there now, and obviously Bobby Hart no longer being the mix is a big boost to the Bengals' offensive line. I think they go with the tackle over the wide receiver, which gets us to the Miami Dolphins, and I have them taking wide receiver Jamar Chase from LSU. So this is the domino effect. If the Bengals pick Sewell, I think Chase is the guy for the Dolphins, very much fits what we've seen them prefer at wide receiver, kind of a physical, bully, catch point guy, ball skills, good blocker, uh, an alpha-type receiver. And so... Uh, They'll have Devontae Parker and Will Fuller and Jamar Chase and Mike Gusecki, and you can really see the weaponry around Tua Tungvaluwa coming together like it needs to for him to find success. And number seven, the Detroit Lions, Jalen Waddell, wide receiver from Alabama. The Lions' wide receiver core as it stands is awful. They need playmakers, and to me, Waddell is the best wide receiver in this year's class. He wins at all levels of the field, can get behind the secondary, win with the ball in his hands. He's an alpha despite not being a large wide receiver. He's an, an, an ultimate competitor. 
the type of guy that I think Dan Campbell will absolutely love. They need weapons. They need playmakers. And uh, Jalen Waddell provides them that. And number eight, the Carolina Panthers, Rashawn Slater, the offensive tackle from Northwestern. Listen to this. Every single year since Jordan Gross retired in 2011, Carolina Panthers have had a different primary starter at left tackle. That is absurd. They have not got this position right in a long, long time. Time for that to change with Rashawn Slater, who can be that answer at left tackle. You know under offensive coordinator Joe Brady, they want to run a lot of five-man protections. Rashawn Slater gives them the guy on the perimeter that uh, can protect the blind side of the quarterback. At number nine, I have the New England Patriots moving up for Justin Fields, the quarterback from Ohio State. I hope this doesn't happen, but I think it will. As we know, the Patriots have had a very aggressive offseason so far with the free agent acquisitions that they have made, and Cam Newton's their quarterback. And that guy last year looked like he was done. Arm was just not there. Good runner still, but as far as throwing the football with consistency, Cam Newton didn't have it. And Justin Fields very much is a dynamic athlete that has a very good arm. I think he's the most accurate quarterback in this year's draft, and it would give them the new franchise quarterback that they need to give them a chance to maximize all this talent that they brought in. So I have them moving up from 15 down to 9 with the Denver Broncos to get Justin Fields. And number 10, the Dallas Cowboys. Patrick Sertain, the second cornerback from Alabama. The Dallas Cowboys have to get better on defense in a big way. They need help at all levels of the field. And with Dak Prescott back at quarterback and all those good wide receivers and what should be a good rushing attack with their offensive line and Zeke Elliott, they need to focus on defense. Patrick Sertain is a guy that is a plug-and-play cornerback that can give them a chance to have a top-tier shutdown guy, technically refined. He's physical, ball skills, he has everything. So I think this is the type of answer they need for their defense. At number 11, the New York Giants, Micah Parsons, linebacker from Penn State. Head coach Joe Judge went to two pro days, Penn State, Miami. Maybe he wants Jalen Phillips from Miami, but I think what they really need is that second-level enforcer. Micah Parsons has the size, athleticism, and physicality to provide just that. The Philadelphia Eagles at number 12 have them going with J.C. Horn, cornerback from South Carolina. The secondary issues in Philadelphia have been going on for too long now, and they've been rolling the dice on cornerbacks. Guys aren't developing, and what they need is an answer, a guy that can play opposite of Darius Slay and give them a chance to shut down the pass. And J.C. Horn is super competitive, which I think they're going to like. That's the style of defense that they're looking for. They want corners that are aggressive, physical, and confident, and that's exactly what J.C. Horn is. And number 13, the Los Angeles Chargers, Christian Darasaw, the offensive tackle from Virginia Tech. They have overhauled this offensive line, and they've needed to do that for a while. They signed Odea Bushi. They signed Corey Lindsley. They signed Matt Filer. Brian Balaga is back at right tackle. They still got to figure out the left tackle thing. Darasaw is the guy that can do that. And number 14, the Minnesota Vikings, Elijah Vera Tucker, interior offensive lineman from USC. The left side of the Vikings offensive line is a mess. Elijah Vera Tucker, to me, is a plug-and-play left guard that fits perfectly with their zone rushing attack. At number 15, this is where I have the Denver Broncos moving back to after trading with the New England Patriots. 
And I have them selecting Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, linebacker from Notre Dame. This team needs some more speed on the second level. They need a guy that can match up with tight ends. They're obviously in a division that has Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey. And you know that uh, the Chargers are going to want to find a guy to replace what they lost in Hunter Henry. Right now they have Jared Cook, and I think tight ends are going to be part of what they need. So a guy like Owusu-Koromoa can provide them with a hybrid player that will be dynamic in sub-packages, makes them faster on defense, and enables them to neutralize some of the difficult matchups on their schedule. At number 16, the Arizona Cardinals have them going wide receiver Devonta Smith from Alabama. I think they'd love to get a cornerback with this pick, but I'm not sure they're going to love any of the available options. Smith gives them a nice player that fits the style of offense that they play. A lot of 10 personnel spread would really give Devonta Smith a great opportunity to showcase his route running and very consistent hands. You think about you know DeAndre Hopkins being there and Christian Kirk and A.J. Green. Devonta Smith can be that other guy on the field and really give them the type of receiver that would mesh well with Kyler Murray and the style of offense that Cliff Kingsbury wants to run. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy. They have the right tools for every portfolio. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. Wealthfront is trusted for over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNFL. All you need is $500 to get started. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnNFL to start growing your savings. Go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNFL and get started today. Let's keep things moving with picks 17 through 32. And of course, this is the range where the Buffalo Bills are going to pick. So let's get it going. Number 17, the Las Vegas Raiders, Tevin Jenkins, offensive tackle from Oklahoma State. They have a big need at offensive tackle. They reworked their offensive line. They still need one more piece. Tevin Jenkins fits the style of offense that we know John Gruden wants to run, physical downhill rushing attack, and uh, he can be an anchor for them at right tackle, opposite of Colton Miller. And number 18, the Miami Dolphins, Quiddy Pay, edge from Michigan, I think they need to replace the Shaq Lawson role. They traded him for Bernardrick McKinney, and um, they haven't really replaced him. They need that that base end. They need that guy that can rush in a stand-up role and kick inside, that versatility they like with their amoeba fronts. Pay is um, exactly what Brian Flores is going to want from an edge player, high-character guy, and I think uh, Flores and company will really like his story and his football character. And number 19, the Washington football team, Jamin Davis, linebacker from Kentucky. 
I think that Ron Rivera is going to love him, a military background, which Rivera really enjoys, a very disciplined guy, uh, has great size, athleticism. You think about Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis and the history that Ron Rivera has with linebackers and obviously playing linebacker in the NFL. I think he's going to love everything about Jamin Davis from Kentucky. And number 20, the Chicago Bears, Mac Jones, quarterback, Alabama. I've heard they like him quite a bit. And um, with him getting past the San Francisco 49ers, seeing him slide down to number 20 makes a lot of sense to me. Matt Nagy has got to win this year. And I'm not sure that Andy Dalton's going to be their answer. And I'm also not sure that Mac Jones is going to be the answer. But if they show promise offensively, it could extend their leash. Uh, him and Ryan Pace, the general manager, to continue running things in Chicago. Number 21, the Indianapolis Colts, Jalen Phillips, the edge from Miami. I certainly thought about an offensive tackle here, but a pass rusher like Phillips really would be a nice addition to this roster. Uh, They need help at pass rusher. They need a left tackle, but they also need help at pass rusher where they're counting on guys like Ben Banigou and Kamoko Toure who are always injured. They need an answer here, and Jalen Phillips is he's probably the best defensive prospect in the class, but some medical stuff pushes him down the board. And number 22, the Tennessee Titans, Elijah Moore, wide receiver, Ole Miss. Tennessee has lost a ton. I mean a ton. We're not talking enough about how much they have lost. Arthur Smith, their offensive coordinator, is gone. They lost, obviously, their right tackle in Isaiah Wilson, their first-round pick from last year. They traded him to the Dolphins, and they lost Dennis Kelly, the guy that filled in for him. Corey Davis isn't here anymore. Jonu Smith isn't here anymore. On defense, Daquan Jones is gone. Adoree Jackson, Malcolm Butler, Kenny Vaccaro, they have lost a ton, even Jadavion Clowney. I mean, just so much has left this team. Two years ago, they were in the AFC Championship game, and I don't like the trajectory of their roster. Now, with that said, they can't replace everything, but they've got to find some pass catchers. They have to find some weapons for Ryan Tannehill in the passing game. They brought in Josh Reynolds to go with A.J. Brown, but they need more. And, uh, you know, pun intended, Elijah Moore is the pick. And number 23, the New York Jets, Greg Newsom II, cornerback from Northwestern. You know Robert Sala, the new head coach, he loves cornerbacks. They have a big need at cornerback. Bryce Hall might be an answer for them. They don't really have much else at the position. They have a lot of needs, the New York Jets, but uh, a cornerback like Greg Newsom really fits the style that Robert Sala typically prefers in cornerbacks, and I think he's good value at pick 23. And number 24, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Najee Harris, running back from Alabama. I don't think this is a good pick at all. They struggle to run the football, but I think that's more because of their offensive line than anything. And uh, it's a deep offensive line year, but my goodness, they don't, they don't have a left tackle. They don't have a, a guard. They need a center. They have so many needs on the offensive line. But there's a lot of buzz for them going after Najee Harris, and I'm inclined to believe it. At number 25, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I have them picking Gregory Rousseau, edge from Miami. Think about that general manager, Trent Baalke, coming over from the San Francisco 49ers where he picked the likes of Eric Armstead and DeForest Buckner. And I think he would look at Rousseau and see a very similar body type if he develops and adds some weight and potentially the same caliber of player. And Jacksonville is definitely rebuilding. They can afford to take a swing on a raw guy like this, and I think Balky's going to love him. Number 26, the Cleveland Browns. They need help at defensive tackle. I gave them help at defensive tackle with Christian Barmore from Alabama. 
He's a guy that I think is going somewhere in the first round. Cleveland makes a lot of sense. They have the need. The depth of their defensive line was stressed last year, and I think it ultimately cost them down the stretch. I think they need to correct that, and Barmore's a guy that has high upside. Number 27, the Baltimore Ravens, Alex Leatherwood, offensive tackle from Alabama. I think he fits their their prototype for offensive linemen. They love to tap into the Alabama pipeline. I think it's a match made in heaven. And number 28, the New Orleans Saints, Caleb Farley, cornerback, Virginia Tech. New Orleans is willing to gamble on guys, and they need help at cornerback. They need a guy opposite of Marshawn Lattimore. They might not be able to pay Marshawn Lattimore. they got to find a corner. They're typically a team that's willing to take swings, and Farley is a guy that's worth taking a swing on. We've talked all about him on the podcast. He's supremely gifted. It's just the medical stuff that is the concern. And number 29, the Green Bay Packers, Rashad Bateman, wide receiver from Minnesota. I think it's finally time for them to throw Aaron Rodgers a bone. After drafting his, air quotes, replacement in Jordan Love last year, I think they realized they made a mistake. Rodgers was the NFL MVP. He was unbelievable. And he's been complaining about the lack of investment at wide receiver in the draft for a long time. It's time to make Aaron Rodgers happy and go try to win. At number 30, the Buffalo Bills. Travis Etienne running back from Clemson is my guess. In the next segment, I'll talk a lot more about Etienne and some of the other players that I considered, but I think what this comes down to is there's a lot of buzz for this. There's a lot of people that I trust that are saying this. Bean was at the Clemson Pro Day when – He was asked about picking Christian McCaffrey in the top 10 with the Carolina Panthers. He called it a sleep good at night pick. You think he's going to see Travis Etienne pretty similarly? Not that they're the same player, but a sleep good at night pick. Feeling like he's gotten an explosive weapon for the offense and a guy that Josh Allen can throw the football to and give them some big play ability in a way that they don't currently have. I'm inclined to believe that this is a real possibility. At number 31, the Baltimore Ravens, Jason Owe, edge from Penn State. They need wide receiver help, but I think there's guys they're going to like on day two. And they lost their top two pass rushers from last year, Yannick Ngakwe and Matt Judon. Owe is perfect for that hybrid front. They can get him some free rushes at the quarterback isolate him, set him up with some good angles, and really tap into that athleticism. I think they can get the most out of Owe, and they need some pass rushers. And at number 32, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Joe Tryon, edge from Washington. They just won the Super Bowl due in large because of how disruptive their front seven was against the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they want to get more. They want to be even better rushing the passer, and Joe Tryon really fits that Todd Bowles style. Of defense, and we know that general manager Jason Light loves to tap into the Washington pipeline. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. This week has tons of sports action on the go as the NFL draft is on, and the Kentucky Derby is back as the first leg of the Triple Crown begins this weekend. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and UFC. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, 
Sign-up bonuses and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit when you use our promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. RockAuto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need over at RockAuto.com. So I did it. I mocked Travis Etienne to the Buffalo Bills with my final predictive mock draft of the year. You're probably thinking, Joe, you've uh, told us all about how it's a bad idea to draft running backs in the first round. What are you doing? First of all, this is a predictive mock draft. This isn't what Joe Marino would do. I am inclined to believe that this is a very real possibility. We've talked about it on the podcast quite a bit. It was a big part of our Tuesday podcast this week. I did an entire episode with Marcel Louis Jacques out of ESPN on this possibility. So go back and listen to those for more analysis. And obviously, if the pick happens, we'll break it down even further. But I do think there is something to be said for how this pick helps Josh Allen. And I think that's at the forefront of Brandon Bean's mind. Giving him a legitimate, explosive receiving option out of the backfield, giving them a home run threat to the offense, taking some stress off of Josh Allen, not necessarily in terms of Josh not needing to make more plays and having to run the ball more, but giving him somebody that he trusts to throw the football to. No more drop passes in the screen game from Devin Singletary. No more plotting to the line of scrimmage from Zach Moss. A legit big play guy that's not necessarily throwing the football down the field. Not necessarily Josh Allen having to extend plays and make guys miss in the pocket and fend off defenders and make a throw down the field as he's getting hit. This reduces some of that. This is about creating more shelf life for Josh Allen. I I think that's what the thought process would be here. Bean was at the Clemson Pro Day. They hosted him for a Zoom meeting. He said that Christian McCaffrey was a sleep good at night pick. I think this is a very real possibility. So who else did I consider for the Bills? Three names, and I'll be honest with you. I probably did 25 different versions of my final mock draft. And I had four different picks for the Bills. There were times where I said I'm done, but then I go back through it and I change things. So there was at one point where I said I was done and the pick was Tyson Campbell, cornerback from Georgia. And I just think the Bills really like him. I have some intel that they've been doing a lot of work on him and they 
quote-unquote love him. He would provide a much-needed developmental starter opposite of Tredavious White. I also at one point turned it in and thought Jason Oway, the edge rusher from Penn State, would be the pick, and I had him going just one pick later to the Baltimore Ravens. The Bills' top two defensive ends, Jerry Hughes and Mario Addison, are on expiring contracts. They're getting older. Mario Addison has already become less effective. And I think we're all kind of waiting for the wheels to start falling off on Jerry Hughes a little bit. Jason Owe would be a really exciting, toolsy pass rusher, a dynamic speed guy off the edge. So there was a point in time when I turned in my mock draft and said, this is it, and Jason Owe was the pick. There was another iteration of my mock draft where the selection was Asante Samuel Jr., the cornerback from Florida State. There's a lot of parallels there. It's another pro day that Brandon Bean attended at Florida State. It's a player that they hosted for Zoom calls. Sean McDermott coached his dad with the Philadelphia Eagles and got some great production out of him. I mean, there's a lot of reason to believe that Samuel Jr. could be the pick. Where I get hung up is that he's 5'10", 180. And I just I can't point to anybody that Sean McDermott has brought in to play corner for him that is at that size. That's going to play on the outside, and I don't think they're going to draft a nickel at 30. And I think that Asante Samuel Jr. is definitely a guy that could play on the outside. I wouldn't be mad if he was the pick. But as I thought more about his size, I kind of moved off of it. So predictively, if you said, Joe, give me four guys that you think would be the pick tomorrow or tonight as you're listening to this, I would say Travis Etienne, Tyson Campbell, Jason Owe, and Asante Samuel Jr. I think there's a good chance that I just said the name of the Buffalo Bills first-round pick in the year 2021. We'll find out tonight. I hope you'll join me at Brinks.tv to see the awesome, and I mean awesome, broadcast that we have prepared with the Draft Network crew. It is going to be unlike anything you've ever seen. It's going to be TDN Draft Headquarters, multiple sets, really creative ideas, and a style of presentation that just is unlike anything that's ever been done. Don't miss it. TheDraftNetwork.com. Brinks.tv is where you can watch it. And, of course, we are going to react to the Buffalo Bills pick on tomorrow's podcast. So don't miss it. Make sure you're subscribed. Rate, review, and share the podcast. Enjoy the draft. And I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.